It's not a bird, it's not a plane, it's Superhero Slate. It's a modern podcast where we talk about everything that's great. Like movies, TV, superheroes. It's Superhero Slate. Oh, yeah. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Superhero Slate, the show where we run down the latest superhero entertainment news. We love TV movies and superheroes so let's talk it all out my name is chris dillard and my name is mike royer and this week we're going dark dark night with the batman in theaters this no week. chris oh, it, up to no good it doesn't it doesn't stop here because did you know <laughs> that spider-man no way home is finding a way home with a release oh did a release date? on your on your uh, on your dvd shelf with all the other steel books exactly exactly and more uh moon knight the other night we'll be talking about writers are revealed mm-hmm. and more and more uh it is obviously without a doubt been a crazy week for world news mm-hmm. so i don't know if we have any ukrainian listeners but uh strength and power to you uh i don't know why you'd be listening to us uh, out of now but maybe you're just trying to chill out so uh stay strong and be safe out there people it's crazy just when you think like just as like a world pandemic is like kind of starting right to kind of like tone down just a little bit stuff just starts to go crazy like maybe this is just i this is what i'm trying to figure out is this just like the new normal chris where like the world is just getting crazier and crazier every year or am i just like not a kid and a teenager anymore that can just like easily tune this stuff out because the only thing that matters in my life is like cartoons and video games Uh, like that's what that's what i'm really trying to figure out because it's like it's not like crazy stuff didn't happen when i was a kid i was just like playing final fantasy you know if if that's the case i'm still uh, a kid with my video games and uh you know cartoons cartoons uh so yes i'm doing pretty well with that um you know we can we can jump into to that a little bit because i was gonna say i didn't put it in here but um there's a a, a company that makes a pinball uh game online uh, right? here we go yeah, yeah, the, back on the pinball, pinball. train yeah, I love pinball <laughs> pinball's really fun it's it's competitive okay there even the who wrote a song about it <laughs> Uh, no, not really. I, I'm, I'm not. I'm not big on high scores. But um, a company called Pinball FX. You've probably heard of them. Um, they they make um, this pinball video pinball game. It's on like every console and PC. Like you can literally buy them by the table packs. They have Star Wars, Marvel. Um, I've been playing. I think I sent you what Family Guy. I believe I was doing and Archer, um, American Dad. But like they announced their new their new engine, um, their new version coming out. Cause it's just called Pinball FX. There's no four or whatever coming out pretty soon. But I noticed that um, I have Pinball FX 2 and 3 and a lot of the 2s are forward. I don't have the South Park table on my Pinball FX. And I know uh, South Park is currently airing um, in one of its seasons right now, right? Like the 22nd mm-hmm. season or something like that. And I was like, this is a pinball table I really enjoy. And then um, on the Facebook groups I am where they, some people are actually making their own video pinball tables, which I'm like, that is absolutely ridiculous i don't i don't know who has, who can do this um someone has made a sonic the hedgehog pinball table from sonic 2 Ooh. and i'm like oh that's timely with that movie coming out pretty soon mm-hmm. uh, so yeah um that's pretty the, uh, the good. yeah no spoilers but the new season of south park so far has like been pretty solid they're doing really really good right now but i do love the idea that there's pinball video game engines yeah. right there's just like a team of engineers like oh this engine is going to be great we're going to be able to do everything we've ever wanted to yeah <laughs> and then at the end of the day it's just it's been it's, it's just really well, funny. It, well some of the i mean the older ones you can tell like like you know like the, the, everything was big like everything used to have a trail right your mouse cursor had trails and like 
if it had motion, they included a trail to make it look cool. I'm like, <laughs> we are going to ray trace this pinball. Oh, yeah. The most going to be the highest fidelity reflections you've ever seen in your life on this chrome ball. Yeah. It, I mean, and, and some of it's cool. And I think the, the I guess, how the, the physics of the table works um, is important because nothing's more frustrating than when you hit the ball and it goes right down the middle and there's nothing you can do about it. Some of the older tables, like the flippers, were far enough apart that you could just never touch anything down, down the middle. But... Um, one of the other ones I've not had a chance to get my hands on is uh, there's a Mandalorian um, themed pinball table mm. from the, the TV show. So I've not had my chance to get my hands on that yet. But I was looking at that and I'm like, I could probably find this somewhere, somewhere to somewhere to play uh, down the road. But um, yeah, that- I mean, I, I wouldn't be sur- I wouldn't be surprised if this maybe exists somewhere out there in like an arcade. But you know how they have those like displays that are like three dimensional that you don't need glasses, but mm. you just have to look at it kind of just at the right angle, kind of like the old, like, you know, like 3DS. Yeah. They should do that with, like, a pinball table since you generally know where people's, like, vision is going to be when you're playing yeah. a pinball table. And then you can kind of have that, like, three-dimensional look. That'd be and, cool. And it's only depth, really, on a pinball table, right? Like, you don't need to go farther than, like, exactly. three or Perfect. four you don't need, down. Yeah, you don't need – and also you don't really need things popping out at you. Yeah. But if they could do that, that would be cool, too, like yeah. something coming out, like, a little bit. Yeah, it's it's really fun, and there's a bunch of star weird, really interesting Star Wars tables as well. Like, uh, one of them is just like, uh, like the, the it's just like Star Wars droids, and it's really C three PO and R two D two table, and that's really about it. And I'm like, these simple ones are really relaxing. I, I just enjoy goofing around a little bit on on those. So, um, yeah, that's what that's what I, I I mean. We'll talk more about games here in a little bit, Mike. But I mean, I want to start off because literally, someone was asking me like, how do you follow the news? I'm like, no, I just go home to my um and then go to the basement where all my games and, and movies are because that's about what I can handle right now. <laughs> Chris uh, goes into his fungin to yeah. block out the world exactly. as he plays pinball and enters the metaverse exactly. where nothing can hurt him. VR, pinball, <laughs> I get, we, got, we got TV shows, we got movies, we got uh, so, um, um, some of my wife's friends came over. We played Guitar Hero this weekend. Uh, if you haven't played Guitar Hero in a while, that was it's always a, a fun group activity, right? Yeah. Turn on no fail mode. Question. Question about Guitar Hero, Chris. Now, obviously, Guitar Hero is... is uh is a game that has lots of accessories and plastic and hardware are you the type of person that tights that like neatly puts them away after a play session are they just like hanging out do you have a cabinet for them they are they're currently uh, hanging out i've not built the hangers for them yet but that is on the the to-do list they are wireless so thankfully there's no cords hanging around um <laughs> well yeah. i d- i don't have this currently on the list of things that i watched this week uh but of course uh my wife and i were addicted to the first season of Love is Blind on Netflix, which was that uh, dating reality show where you get engaged to somebody before you even ever get to visibly see them. So they had a second season that like aired this week and of course we watched it and there was this couple that like got engaged and you know they're going through the motions like the weeks up until their wedding and then they they go see each other's like apartments and houses and stuff and the uh one of the uh future spouses was like getting almost like berated because it's just like we're like in our 30s and you're just leaving all of your guitar hero stuff just out Mm -hmm. we're not 15 that has to go in a cabinet and i was like i never really thought about that being an issue but i was like oh yeah i guess that that it's a lot of clunky plastic and she also had the drum set like she was hardcore like rock band like i got the drums and everything and those drums really did take up like a visual like eyeline for sure so like you can't just put those thing in a corner like and no one's gonna disassemble the drum set right so it's like 
what do you do? Guilt, do you put guilt. like a cloth over it? <laughs> no, no, I'm guilty. I disassemble mine after gameplay and put it up. Um, wow, you're, you're next level, Chris. I am. You'll definitely get married on Love is Blind I, when you tell them across the wall, I yeah. put my Guitar Hero drum set away. Yeah, I, I, dis, I dismember it, put it back in a box. Uh, it's not the original box, but it's just like out of the way. Because like you, that thing, you're, you're right, that thing is just unwieldy. Like it's very light. There's not a lot to it. It's hollow pipes, but like it just takes up so much fucking space, man. And then, and then <laughs> yeah. And then you know, I'm I'm not I, as as tech savvy as I am. I still have the wired one because you know that's just the one I, I would. You, if it's not broke, you don't need to to replace it. So I'm like, I have the mm. wired one. So not only do I have everything, you have that long cable that goes along with it that plugs in the Xbox because they didn't give you the two foot cable. They gave you like a forty foot cable um, <laughs> because you you, know, you can't sit close to it. But I mean. It's just one of those things, like, finding, um, because they don't make Guitar Hero and Rock Band stuff anymore, it's hard to find that equipment. Like, maybe occasionally you can come across Goodwill. I've taken these apart a few times to kind of clean them and keep them, you know, usable. But they're, they're still got some wear and tear. But, um, this isn't our news, but, you know, Xbox bought Activision, or is buying Activision, Blizzard, and King. Um, Activision owns the rights to Guitar Hero, I think, in Slash Rock Band, maybe, uh, one of the two. Or maybe, if not both. And, um people are like well maybe under microsoft they will bring those back into the fold um as as a game series yeah it's been dead long I mean, enough right yeah I, I mean music never gets old i think it was just the the market the generation the millennials that were like hyper targeted with like this specific rhythm game right were just we were inundated with rock it's, band and guitar hero it was, like every quarter yeah. for like a whole decade and people were just like i'm done with it so i guess you just have to teach the zoomers like how to play guitar hero now if they don't know how to play already yeah it, you're right it, it was oversaturation of literally everything and you know purchasing some of the equipment like the the way they had it bundled was really weird. Like you you, you could really price yourself out of it. Um, then you had to buy all the songs if you didn't have the regular songs. It was really mm-hmm. just uh, like you said, overkill all, all around. And um, I, I agree. Like I think you know if you did it every couple of years or like you know came out like same hardware, but here's a game every you know year, two years or whatever, which is extra yeah. songs, and that's all you need. I'm. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a guitar hero or rock band like campaign story expert, so I don't know if they ever went to this length. But whenever I played a little bit of like campaigns, it was always just kind of like boring of just like, oh, you're just in a band and now you're moving up venues and now you're going from like this bar to like now you're a stadium and oh, maybe there's like a battle of bands type of situation. Like they should do something like full tilt story mode, like where you are like you're pro- you're a protagonist, you're like a superhero, you're like super power is the guitar and like it's like a whole campaign story mode where like you're not just at like a bar you're like fighting like monsters and huge creatures playing these songs like that would be cool playing the song godzilla by blue oyster cult against godzilla exactly while you're fighting godzilla who knows if this this could possibly exist already maybe i'm inventing something sorry out there no it doesn't Uh, but i think you you bring up a good point and while this show has nothing to do with guitar hero rock band guitar (laughs) hero you always like they you didn't make your own character right you always had to choose like they had like you know the big metal dude or like you know the the david bowie looking guy or whatever um you know what if as you play you choose one of them and you get like they each have a special ability that enhances your game in a different way 
Like, you yeah. know, or yeah, or you could like even be like a mecha type character and like every like every like battle or something you get like a new part yeah, yeah that like makes it easier to strum or something yeah. yeah. It's just yeah, little little things like that. There's so many gamifications you can do with it. Now, I do know the 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 problem of why this all came tumbling down is um the licensing of music doesn't last forever. So, uh-huh. um you know, they can have it on the print disc, but like at a certain point, the digital version, the songs phase out because you can't license them perpetually forever mm-hmm. and they don't want to pay them forever. So I'm like, well, if you could solve that problem, I think that would be, you know, the, uh, the surprisingly, I, su- I, I suppose depending on the band, like you can name your price, right? Cause if you're the Beatles or Aerosmith, I'm sure that there was a uh, contractual things that happened cause they had like whole games based yeah. on those bands. Uh, but the guitarist, uh, for Dragon Force keeps popping up in my TikTok feed for some reason. I don't know if they just made a TikTok account so they're getting popular. And somebody asked them how much the band made from the song on Guitar Hero. And they said basically after, you know, you split it up, everybody gets their cut, you know, you, you take out, you know, taxes and all that stuff. E- each band person got like maybe a couple hundred bucks just for the licensing. Mm-hmm. And some people in the comments were like very, very angry and upset. But it's like, that's kind of how music licensing like works though. Like it's just one song for like one interpretation. Like this wasn't necessarily like a huge campaign, but you know, but back in the day, I'm sure that these music, uh, these music labels have learned now, right. Of just like, Oh, you can get huge on like these uh, rhythm games. So we're going to be charging more, but maybe, maybe the licensing can last longer. But yeah. And I think, you know, we are, when these games came out, Spotify, Apple Music, those weren't even things, right? Like those were just like kind of like maybe yeah. even like in beta form. So like there's a, there's a way to kind of do these, I think, going forward. But yeah, I, it's just one of those things. Like that's one of the, like when people come over, they're like they either want to play the arcade or they want to play Guitar Hero, and I'm like, have at it. This is this is stuff I have at any given moment. So so let's have some fun and um, finding them finding those um, that hardware is is very difficult these days. But anyway. We're gonna come back to video games, Mike. Let's let's let's, let's jump mm-hmm. into what you've been watching here. Yeah, a couple recommendations. Uh, so a while ago, uh, a Japanese like reality competition show was recommended to me, and as of right now, I can't remember the name of it because I'm sure it has a Japanese name. Uh, but it was all about a bunch of Japanese comedians that all get invited into like one room. And the last one standing wins, and you get eliminated if you make the other comedians laugh. Um, I added it to like my queue, my list, or wherever wherever was streaming. And I never got around to watching it, uh, but the concept of the show was in the back of my head. Well, come to find out, as that this show exists in another form called Last One Laughing, and I don't know the legacy of any of these shows, but Last One Laughing seems to be a kind of guests um uh uh what's the what's the improv show i can't think of the name with drew carey uh whose line is it anyway you know how whose line is it anyway was kind of um uh franchised out to different countries and all these different countries have like their own version of it uh it's the same thing with this show called last one laughing where it's the exact same concept of a bunch of comedians uh get invited into the room and the last one to laugh ends up winning but since they're comedians i believe it's money that goes to charity it's they're not like lining their pockets so i saw that amazon prime is now currently airing the last one laughing canadian season that i guess is currently airing at the moment there's only three episodes of 
available. But man, there's a lot of solid heavy hitters in this season, and I think everyone should go watch it. Like Tom Green's on here, uh, wow. Colin Mockery. It's just there's so many familiar faces. In the, I can't even think of them. Caroline Ray is one of them. So it's just like you'll see this cast of a lot of familiar characters, like especially, like I said, whose line is anyway? Colin Mockery is on this one. So I highly recommend uh, Last One Laughing. I think it's just Last One Laughing Canada. I believe that's the name of it. Uh-huh. It's hosted by Jay Baruchel, who uh, me and the wife love him. He's been in a lot of shows and movies mm-hmm. that we like. So that is streaming on Amazon is it, Prime. Isn't he... Um... Oh my gosh! Uh, how How to Train Your Dragon? He's the main voice of the How to Train Yeah, Your Dragon he's guy. Hiccup, yeah. I believe. Yeah. yeah. So uh, it's really funny. I see that there's a bunch of other versions of Last One Laughing also available on Amazon Prime. So if you speak any other languages, right? I think there's probably going to be a version of this show that you can uh, watch as well. Uh, I think there's also a British one. I don't know if the British one is like the original, but there's one on that on Amazon as well. So this has opened up a brand new kind of category of tele- television for us. So we'll be watching uh, more of that Uh, but if we continue along the streaming line there is a new streaming series on apple plus called severance and it stars uh adam scott which you might know from parks and rec and i think it is created by ben stiller because i think the first couple episodes that we've watched has been directed by ben stiller so i think it's his show or he's like an ep or something along the lines but ben stiller is creatively involved for sure he hasn't appeared in the show and i don't know if he will uh but that's kind of the the starting ground here but this show is crazy it is trippy i went in really not knowing anything and it presents you with this crazy concept and i'll just go ahead and lay it down on the line because you learn pretty quickly what's going on here in the first episode so it's not a huge um spoiler if you will but it's this corporation that has such a classified uh department that they can't just trust anybody with this information so what they have to do is they uh, you volunteer and then you get an implant in your brain that severs your personality so there's a part of you that is at work and then there's a part of you outside of work they refer to them as their innies and their outies so uh whenever you go into work there's like some sort of signal or tone that transition you to your work brain and your work brain literally never leaves work and your outie brain never goes to work right so it kind of in essence is creating two different versions of you mm-hmm. and that's the way the classified information can never leave but it is it is really crazy it's uh it's classified like as a thriller on Apple Plus, and I can definitely see how we're ramping up to the thriller aspect of it. But as of right now, it just seems like a really crazy, like a uh, deep dive into maybe like a Black Mirror concept. Um, but it's been really good so far. I think there's three episodes, maybe four episodes out now. I'm not a hundred percent sure. Um, uh, there are three. I just I've got to pull up here. There are three episodes mm-hmm. out now out of a nine episode season. Okay. Ben Stiller is he didn't create it. He's directed six of the nine episodes. Okay. So he's definitely all up in this show. Yes. Uh, but it's been really crazy. It's been really nuts. And the aesthetic is really interesting because the outside seems to be that kind of this really snowy mountainy town that is kind of trapped in the nineties, but people have smartphones. So it's like modern day, but the inside of this corporation is very much like that portal to 
mid-century aesthetic. If you've ever seen like any gameplay of that game Control, mm -hmm. it really feels like that on the inside. So the production design is like really amazing. So uh, if you like, if you really kind of want like a brain trip, go check out Severance on Apple Plus. You know, I think if you bought any piece of hardware from Apple in like the last six months, you probably have like a free trial of this waiting to go. So uh, yeah, go check out Severance. It's crazy. Yeah, I seen I seen but, some stuff on it. Um, it kind of snuck up on me because it, like the first two episodes dropped on the 18th of February, and then the the third one was what? That's on Fridays. It looks like it comes mm -hmm. out. So, uh, yeah, it goes through April. So I mean, we are down some shows while we wait for for Moon Knight to come out. So that's pretty good. Yeah, it's wild. Check it out. Yep. And then of course, everybody has been patiently awaiting to be abused by the next FromSoft game, I which is Elden Ring. I have, I, I'm not part of this audience. I've never played a yeah. FromSoft game, which doesn't mean it's bad or good. I've just never. Well, I think I tried the intro to Bloodborne, and but I was like, I've got other games to play. But I think. Yeah, I mean, the barrier to entry to a FromSoft game is very difficult. They go very, very deep into lore, and they don't really. Out, uh, overtly describe anything to you there's not a whole lot of cunt scenes they love creating like new jargon and like words that you've never heard before and they don't give you any context to what it is and so you really have to do a lot of investigation and the game will give you like they'll build a whole core mechanic uh, like an elden ring of crafting like this is new to this game where you know you collect stuff and you can craft materials but you can't even craft unless you happen to come across this one merchant like by a destroyed castle that's weirdly dressed like santa claus and he sells a bunch of different items but one of the items he sells just happens to be a crafting kit right and it's just like kind of like so if you don't even think to just buy this one crafting kit from this one person you just don't have the ability to craft in the whole game I I, it's like it's like crazy how they they like wall off these mechanics with just like items. It's nuts. I have heard um, if you don't uh, have a notepad with you, this can be very very maddening. Um, yes, the, it's kind of weird. You you almost need to go into the game with the idea of I'll play it differently the second time around. It's almost like my first my first gameplay my first time playing the game is just going to be a learning experience and then i'll really figure it out the second time but i never get around to playing these games a second time really so i'm just kind of like fumbling and exploring really the first game through but the the big bonus to elden ring this time around is that it's like a much more of an open world so you can do a lot more expo exploration so you're not really strictly tied to um, the actually really, really elegant level design that FromSoft has done in the past. So you still get that really great level design in like dungeons and caverns when you like go down or into stuff, right? But when you're out in the open world, you kind of just have fun exploring. And it's really, it's really interesting because you'll like walk out into a new land and you've just been like fighting like little soldiers or wolves. Then all of a sudden just a freaking giant just emerges lumbering like from the mist and you're just like, oh God, has this thing seen me yet? So it's just one of those crazy types of games where if you just happen to stray off the wrong path, you can come across a creature that you're not even yeah. close to being able to defeat yet and will like obliterate you in one swing. Well, what I have heard as well is that uh, this game is a little more forgiving than the other ones because it's non-linear. So if you come across something you can't beat, you can just go another direction until you either get an item or a weapon or level up and, and become better oh, yeah. to do this. 
Yeah, I'm still in very early, uh, early days of the game, and it will take me a while to beat this game. I'm a type of person that just kind of pops in and out every once in a while, so I'm sure some people are already close to the end of the game already. Uh, but there is this definite kind of corridor that the game wants me to go through, like this ravine, this valley. But I was just doing some exploring, and I found a way to get on top of the ravine, and I don't have to go through it. But I'm like, the game wants me to go through it. Like, do I want to circumvent it? I feel like something cool will happen when I walk through there. Mm-hmm. So it's been pretty fun so far, but it is 100% uh, like a Souls game, like a Dark Souls, like Bloodborne style of game. The controls are very, very similar. There's some like new mechanics, but the stats and the leveling up is all very similar. So if you have played one of these games before and you like it, like you, you, you're, you're getting everything that you want, but it is very intimidating for the first time. If no one's ever played like a yeah. Souls game before and you pick up Elden Ring, just give yourself a lot of patience. It is okay to Google things because uh, they do not, they do not spoon feed you anything at all. So that's oh. my, that's my advice for any new Souls players to and, get Google ready. <laughs> and I've heard, um, you know, again, I, I I live vicariously through video game websites outside of my normal comic book websites. The um, George R. R. Martin is a huge name for this, right? Like he is you know mm-hmm. part of the story created in this. And if you're a big Game of Thrones fan, it's not like Game of Thrones a game. It's he is is crafting this world that that people have literally like. I think I've never seen so many perfect scores come out for a game uh, at one point in time. So um, from what I hear, you are not alone in absolutely loving this game, which could be entirely bad yeah. at some points. Honestly, <laughs> I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to bring this up at all, but there's this, there's this ridiculous romantic movie on Peacock right now called marry me starring, uh, Jennifer Lopez and Owen oh, Wilson. Wilson yeah. And it's like, I don't know if it's necessarily a Peacock original movie. Uh, I think it technically was out in some theaters, but I think primarily people were enjoying it like same day and date on Peacock. And uh, Peacock likes to ingest the Rotten Tomato scores onto the UI of their streaming service. And it's sitting at like a 60% on Rotten Tomato, which is honestly impressing. Me and my wife thought the movie was awful. But weirdly enough, the audience score is like in the ninety in the ninety percent. I think it was like at ninety two or ninety six, and we were both like, "Who liked this movie?" And then I started to think like, "Oh, it's probably like a self selecting group of people, right?" Because if a movie is like mainly a streaming movie, and especially the type of movie that it is, I mean, it very much overtly tells you this is a romantic movie. So like, why would anybody watch it if they don't want to watch something along those lines? Probably the same thing is happening here with like a lot of Dark Souls games, right? Like the people that are playing these games or watching Marry Me are already super excited to play this type of thing. Yeah. So, um, self-selecting bias, but also uh, Dark's uh, Elden Ring is good so far. Uh, the Jennifer Lopez uh, romantic comedy uh, Marry Me is very very bad. Don't watch that. <laughs> yeah. I was in the Elden Ring beta test, but their beta test was like, you remember I was like three in the morning. I'm like. I'm waking up <laughs> yeah. at three to play. We'll this. give you thirty minutes to run around. Yeah, I'm like, I'm not, I'm not doing this. So I, I, I missed out on that, but um, yeah, I'm glad. To I went to the store earlier and I saw all they had left were Xbox copies. Um, on the on the shelf facing the TVs, not even on the main shelf. So mm-hmm. uh, I, I thought that was um interesting to see. Like they only had like two left, I think, out of everything. So it was a popular game. Um, yeah. get it if you can. Well, Chris, I mean, there's no reason that you should be playing any yeah. sort of terrestrial console game. 
because you are mm. in the metaverse yeah. forever now. So if it's not in the metaverse, I mean, you could probably play pinball in the metaverse have, and you'd have all the 3D components that you could ever want. They have they have VR pinball in there. Um, <laughs> uh, and this actually, it's you don't walk around the room, but they create like a, a, a room with all the pinball machines on it. So as you like select it, it makes you like look at them throughout the stuff. I've not done that yet. I, I've been, the reason I bring up the Oculus Quest 2, I've been diving into... Um, uh, what's called like homebrew apps, if you will, uh, side loading Android apps on here, uh, because there's a couple things that I, I wanted to try that the Oculus doesn't have in the store. The store prices are kind of a turnoff for me, Mike. If I, if I was to say anything, because like Beat Saber, thirty dollars out the gate. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Otica, these games I have for PSVR, which I'm moving on from, I have to buy again. I'm like, ah, I'm not really interested in this. But there's one. It's essentially a Mario Kart for VR. I'm interested in trying it as, like, multiplayer. So you drive, like, the little cart that you kind of modify, and you have, like, weapons and stuff like that. I've been doing golf. I took it to work uh, one day this week to, to have my coworkers try it because a lot of – I don't think any of them other than maybe my boss has tried VR at any point in their life. And um, I think it's really, really funny to watch people try this for the first time because mm-hmm. um, the first app, you know, I'm like, hey, I'll give you two choices. You can either do Beat Saber or do the – you know, sit and ride in a roller coaster app kind of thing, right? Like you just—it's just an experience. Um, and the first uh, lady, she was like, "Yeah, I'll do the—I'll do the roller coaster." So she sits in the roller coaster. She's like, "All these say intense." I'm like, "Okay, well, we'll find you like a, a very you know nice, gentle one." And I've never seen someone sit so still in a VR experience. <laughs> like she—you would have thought she like locked up riding it. It was very interesting. And she's like, "This is boring." I'm like. All right, let's move you to Beat Saber. So you move into Beat Saber, they get a little more movement out of it. It's pretty fun. Um, but I, I have, I've got to say, like you know, if if people are interested in in getting into VR and trying this, I I've not tried any metaverse apps that I've actually enjoyed yet. Uh, I tried the Horizon, not Horizon Forbidden West, Mike. Horizon Worlds, very confusing when you type that into games right now. Um, but it's not been fun. I I do find the golf one very interesting. I think we talked about that last week, right? Where um, it's literally you, you can play golf. They have golf courses, but it's got a Top Golf um, promotion in it with it, so you can actually like pretend you're at Top Golf without driving all the way to Top Golf. Uh, so that's been uh, fun to do that. And then there's another app in it, and I you know my feelings on NFTs, Mike. I'm not a big fan, um, but this company made actually a Pokemon in VR um, off the grid game, if you will, uh, and they, <laughs> they they shut it down and turned it into a, a company called. Revomon. So in this one, you can literally um, you catch things and you can trade it on the blockchain market. Uh, that, oh, that's God. how they. That's how they implement. I'm like, <laughs> I don't like any of this at all. But it is essentially a a, a VR Pokemon style game, Mike. Uh, and you know, I'm a big fan of Pokemon. I've been playing Legends Arceus. Very very good time with it. Um, but that's gonna bring me to our next topic today. That Pokemon Presents had something this morning where they announced you know DLC for Arceus and all the other games. Then literally just casually like, hey, we're making a new full game and it's out this year uh, called Pokemon Scarlet and Pokemon Violet. Now, have you had a chance to look at this trailer at all? Um, uh, yes, I did. I was pretty surprised. <laughs> it, it, it almost seems like a, what was it? 
Is it Ar- Arceus or Arceus? I've never know it's, how to pronounce it. It's both, depending on where you are. So, <laughs> well, either way, it seems like that was almost like the uh, like the beta, right, yeah. for this like new version. It seems like they've built like a 3D open world engine, well, sort- and now they're kind of adapting yeah. it and upgrading it to like a full fledged like uh, Pokemon. Well, so Sword and Shield had it a little bit, and then. Arceus is more of a like um there's no like the, you know you've played Pokemon games before Mike you're no stranger when mm. you go into battle or capture there's always like a load screen before you go into that Arceus mm. doesn't have that at all battles and catches happen completely seamlessly in the game which is really fun so it, it, that is I feel like a beta for features but not the world but what I'm interested in is so uh, Scarlet and Violet, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a font guy. You're a font guy. Um, <laughs> the Scarlet is very, like, you know, kind of 70s-ish font. And Violet mm-hmm. is more like an 80s retro font. Mm-hmm. Um, but come to find out, I was looking into this. Apparently, this is being modeled on the um, Iberian Peninsula region of the world. Like, so everything will be here, like, you know, Portugal and Spain style of, like, you know, oh, okay. how everything is. Because the last one, as you, if, if you remember, Sword and Shield is England-based. So um, they, they kind of tease the, the starters um, a little bit. And, you know, one's like... Um, uh, for- one's like a duck. Yeah. One's like a dinosaur and one's a cat, <laughs> a, right? A grass cat, yeah. But, like, their names are, like, Fuecoco, which is, like, you know, Fuego, like, is fire. Like So it leads into the Spanish naming convention, mm-hmm. I believe, for this. So I'm just, like, I was just, like... Oh, at 9 a.m. on a Sunday, Pokemon's dropping the next generation of games at the end yeah. of the trailer. I'm like, this is well, completely wild. World War Three is not stopping Japan from yeah. putting out the next Pokemon announcement, yeah. I guess. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to say, I know I know you don't have a Switch. Um, I, I don't know what it would take to get you into the Nintendo Switch world. Um, but um, I'm, I'm excited to kind of see where this goes and, and stuff as they go throughout the year. Because, uh, again, you know, people may think, oh, Chris, you're... Too old for Pokemon. It's never too old to, to play these games. They're, you they're can never be too old for video games, no, people. No, they're they're still fun um, to do with. All right, so we've killed 32 minutes so far. So let's jump into the actual news for the week, which is a light week. This is kind of why we're, we're front-loading this a little bit, um, because this week is literally the Batman. Matt Reeves' The Batman is hitting theaters this week. So um, there are several things you don't mess around with the news. You, you cannot compete against Spider-Man and you cannot compete against the Batman in the, in the world of, of comic book and superhero news. So, um, I get to see mine on Tuesday at the IMAX event. You're going Thursday, I believe. Is that correct? Evening. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the official release is Friday, March 4th. So, um, I'm pretty stoked. I'm, I, I've not watched any teaser. I've tried to avoid as much footage as possible since that last trailer we got several several months ago right like i want to go in as as completely oblivious as i can so i'm not clicking on any articles i'm not, I'm not bringing any news to this it's like spoilers but um michael jacano um I, I believe i'm pressing that right he he's he did the spider-man no way home soundtrack he's done inside out he's done all dr strange he is a composer of composers out here right now um whether you know him, he may not be a household name like danny elfman or you know um, John Williams, but he's out here just hitting everything that we're doing, and the full soundtrack has um, has been released uh, to stream uh, on the source. So we've included a link that includes what uh, 10, 10 or so um, separate streaming sources here. The titles are not spoilery. Just to, to give you a heads up, I did look out for this because I'm like I don't know um, if, if they would tell us anything. So uh, you can check this out. And kind of see what's going on here. Uh, listen to the music. I'm very, very excited. He's going to come up in our notes later. 
Um, so you can check out that in our show notes. But also, uh, no surprise here, Mike, sequel talks at WB are already started per Matt Reeves. Wait, you mean they're going to make another Batman movie, Chris? Is that what yeah. you're telling me? And, and it, honestly, and, 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 and surprise, it might be set in the same universe as this one again. I don't know. Oh, my God. Uh, which is not in the DCEU, which is, you know, out here dropping um, full trailers, doing the Flash stuff. We got Batgirl. We got Aquaman. Oh, hell, uh, Peacemaker just wrapped up, you know, in there. So um, it's very interesting that they're going down the split road um, with the Batman. And, you know, um, I, I, if, if they feel that confident in it, you know, I'm, I'm excited to watch it. But um, I, I don't think I ever doubted that they would kill Batman in the first movie he was going to be in, right? Like, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't think he was not going to make it out at the end of this movie. So, um, I am interested to see. Um, yeah, we, Colin Farrell is having a Penguin spinoff show right now. So, um, I'm I'm kind of excited to see how Gotham PD and, and these Penguin spinoff shows uh, fit in this universe that Matt Reeves is creating, which is full of you know um, black eyeshadow long emo haircut um uh for the yeah, uh, robert pattinson i call, what we call him robat battinson <laughs> on the on the chat the other day so uh yeah i don't know i any, anything you want to add to the batman hype i mean other than like just i'll I'm be just trying to st- i'll be there yeah i'll be there on thursday with a very tepid wife who has uh officially said that she has seen enough batman movies in her lifetime so uh i tried to convince her you gotta be in for the long haul they're gonna be making these until the the sun swallows up planet earth whole Mm -hmm. so uh i'm crossing my fingers and hoping we get a good uh a good interpretation here from um from matt reeves and uh, robert pattinson yeah the last time we were in gotham was uh the joker movie um and I don't. While this looks very similar, I don't think this is set in the same universe as uh, Joaquin Phoenix's Joker. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm excited to see see what goes on. Like I said, try to keep my my head down for two more sleeps, and then I'll be able to watch this. So, um, avoid spoilers if you can. On the flip side, that Batgirl is coming, right? Uh, and the uh, producer, I believe, or one of the higher-ups at Warner Bros. has confirmed this is coming to HBO Max this December. So, um, Blue Beetle is going to theaters. Batgirl is staying on HBO Max, uh, and pretty much he pretty much also said um, that Michael Keaton will be uh, in uh, you know DC movies in November and December. So the Flash and Batgirl. So um, yeah, that's um, cool, right? Like that's, that's I mean, it's, I feel like they're putting this is a higher level movie on HBO Max than we're used to straight to HBO Max. Um, any. Yeah, I'm kind of curious. This is going to be a uh, this is going to be a new and interesting thing, right? Because the one streaming service that has beaten everybody to the punch, Netflix, right, has been putting out features directly to their streaming service, and it's all f- part of their strategy, right, of gaining subscribers. But now that we're having these more legacy studios kind of really starting to get more of their foot into the streaming service, right, like you get these options that Netflix doesn't have necessarily. Like Netflix will put something in the theater if they want to technically qualify for like an, an award or something mm-hmm. like that, right? Like Warner Brothers, they always have the option, HBO Max, they always have the option to like put something in the theaters first to try to rake in that box office. And it's interesting to think that like, do they not think that they can get the biggest box office return from Batgirl or, you know, is Batgirl, is it particularly being made? Is there going to be like a marketing strategy around it to gain new subscribers to the HBO Max streaming service? Like, is that a concerted strategy over there? Or like, who knows, maybe just the way 
the finances and the funds are organized is just like, oh no, HBO Max has control over where their budget goes and they want to allocate it to a film. So uh, yeah, I'm just kind of curious kind of, you know, where it goes. Like I was talking about that crazy peacock romantic comedy movie, like marry me. That was like on a film, like, you know, was, I don't know if that originally was supposed to come out and then like pandemic pushed something around, but like, it's just strange. Like now streaming services are just like, no, lots of money, big IP, but keep it to streaming and it's not a series. So it's a, it's a a little bit of a new category. This, this is one of the situations where it's got um, JK Simmons returning. It's got Michael Keaton showing up. Um, You know, Brandon Frazier is supposed to be the character of Firefly. If this is if this is a DCEU movie, um, this, they will beat Marvel to the punch and including a streaming service movie in their continuity, if you will. Um, Now Marvel's done shows. Um, Marvel might have a special, called werewolf by night drop uh, in october but this is one of those situations where um I, I think they're not competing but it's interesting because we have flash in november i believe right is that right um i'm gonna have to pull up our, our website and then aquaman in december and batgirl in december as well so like they are literally dropping properties hot all over the place right um and if if i'm not wrong isn't uh avatar 2 also supposed to be this year finally are we are we that far into into the year? Like, is that I didn't put I don't put that on my notes yet. November, because um, we don't really cover the Avatar movies here. Uh, yeah, we're not keeping track of James Cameron's every move, people. Yeah. Uh, so um, this December is just going to be a busy month, and you know, Batgirl will have competition. Will, will you know? Again, like so I think HBO Max is funding this, but they are making it within the DCEU. So that's interesting to mm-hmm. to do that to me from my point of view. So. Um, It'll be easier to watch it, that's for sure. We don't have to go to the movie three times in two months to watch DC movies when we don't know what it is. But speaking of the Flash here, we got some Flash news. Uh, so there were crew shirts uh, for for the crew because they wrapped, I think it was maybe the Sun show, and they had like literally uh, a character um, that you might be familiar with, Mike, called the Black Flash on it. Um, are you familiar with the Black Flash from the Flash TV show? I'm trying to remember, was that the character known as Savitar? Um, was it like an evil Barry Allen no. or something? It's real. It's hard to keep track. There's so many flashes in the Flash yeah. TV show. So the Black Flash is essentially he's not the Reverse Flash, but it's like a zombie Flash looking dude. Um, see, he he has like the the scowl. If you if you do a quick Google search, it'll show you the one from the TV show. Uh, but he mm-hmm. looks like a zombie, pretty much. Uh, if you if you take a look at him. Um. Oh yeah. Oh okay. Uh. So he is essentially. When a, a, a speedster dies or is, you know, needs to be brought back into the speed force, this is the, the person who is chasing them the, in, the entire time. Um, and while I didn't have enough time to uh, save the photo, because I didn't think it would be taken down, this photo was taken down um, from the social media network it was posted, leading people to believe they were not supposed to share this photo Um for this. Yeah, well, I mean, this this is also interesting, right? We've had the uh, the CW TV show, like mine, like almost every aspect of the Flash, uh, and not even in a negative way, right? You know, when you're a successful TV show and you make that many episodes, you have the opportunity to adapt so many different things. But now that we're doing it on like a big screen level right it's just like well now we can try things with maybe like a different budget different story arcs um so yeah it's like we get a whole new chance to see all of these different uh uh bits of flash again yeah. so 
Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, if this movie gets uh, chock full. I mean, we already have two flashes. We we already have that confirmed, right? There's like another. There's like another a whole Barry other Allen. Barry Allen, yeah. right? So it's like I, I'm not going to be shocked if we see more. Yeah, exactly. And and I think you know one of the things about I think Black Flash did on the Flash show because I, I was still watching at that point. It was someone named Zoom. Wasn't there a Zoom character or something like that? Yeah, there was a character and, named Zoom, and I think he ran faster than Barry. But you know, at the, he was changing the history of time and. Uh, I don't know, and that's when the, the the Black Flash came for him or something. I don't fucking know. Um, there's a, there was a lot. If you just put a different color Flash suit on somebody and he runs fast, that's how I feel like the TV show is sometimes for me. <laughs> yeah, there's a black suit, there's a red suit, there's a yellow suit, there's yeah. like a white suit. All these yeah. characters have different names. They all need to be in suits. <laughs> They're yeah. all from different dimensions. Yeah, a, it gets it gets wacky. It's a black suit with a yellow bolt, a black suit with a red bolt. So obviously those are mm-hmm. different ones. Um, but but either way, you know, if this is a thing, if, if Black Flash is chasing Barry because he's going across time and he's not supposed to be changing history or going across universes, that that would make it interesting. And I would like to. Yeah, see that. there was a in the in the CW show and like one of the first times he kind of starts like uh, time traveling. There's like I don't remember what they're called, but they're kind of like these Dementor style characters yeah. that are like ghosts running around trying to like protect the timeline so uh, and uh, those things actually looked and read very cool just yeah. on a tv show budget so I, if there's something like that in uh, a feature budget i'd love to see that too right and and i i think you know um it, it might be a little early to introduce zombies in uh versions of flashes into this but i'd be interested to see you know i i thank god it's not reverse flash again because how many times can you do reverse flash um, before you know we, we all get it it's someone who runs fast as barry and is trying to undo what he did i don't, I don't know so um yeah I, i'm excited for more of the flash hopefully we get a trailer soon um because i believe black adam is next and then the flash so we've got a, a year of like i said well, like we said every week and the year of dc movies lining up for us spider-man no way home is coming home for you to watch on digital march 22nd and physical april 12th of this year mike um they they've been keeping this close to the chest because they were i think until uncharted which was another tom holland property spider-man was like number one every week it came out so uh and then of course tom holland sony took the top of uncharted and i believe it's being dethroned this weekend right um by something i don't know what what's it no maybe it's the batman i think the batman will dethrone it so um i've not had a chance to watch uncharted uh i've heard various things on it so um yeah, but I think one of the funnest things, again, spoilers, if you've not seen this movie, uh, like friend of the show, Quentin, uh, who somehow stayed spoiler free until like two weeks ago on this whole <laughs> thing. I don't know how I did it. Um, they announced this by giving us the classic multiple Spider-Man meme in in live action form. So Yeah, it looks like they, uh, they were in a uh, studio. I wouldn't be surprised if they're like kind of just doing costume tests, right? Yeah. And uh, then they're like, oh, hey, let's just get you in that meme uh, position yeah. real quick. Yeah. Uh, you know, they obviously they incorporated it into the movie, but they weren't really in spider suits. At all. I'm yeah. trying to remember because I think they were in like lab coats or something uh, more than more well, than anything else. I think Andrew Garfield had his on, but Toby had his under his shirt. Remember? Um, like he, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's one of the, the cool things. And there's apparently like 20 minutes extra footage of just toby and andrew that they cut from the final movie that'll be on the the home release in the extras feature which is gonna be great i want to see that um but apparently they filmed the entire movie with tom holland in that red and black suit that he's wearing in this and then Mm -hmm. 
physically or, or, or not physically virtually gave him a effect suit for the rest of the film whenever the Doc Ock gave him back the uh, integrated suit um, like they apparently didn't plan on him having the integrated suit when they filmed it so they CGI yeah. him from the, like the last half of the movie <laughs> So. Yeah, I mean, it's not it's not like too shocking. I mean, especially in these big uh, these big franchise movies. I mean, we've seen it a lot with uh, with Robert Downey Jr. in in the in the later movies where he doesn't wear any like he's just wearing a motion tracking jumpsuit for every Iron Man scene that he's in, right? Yeah. So I guess they're just lucky that you know just a, the Spider Man suit in general probably just has enough motion data points on it that oh yeah we can just slap some stuff on top of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's crazy. The best visual effects, right, are always always the ones you never know. So, uh, yeah. uh, you're lucky you got a character that's in spandex and <laughs> it's yeah. very easy to pull off. Exactly. And then on top of that, the digital effects, uh, one of the people said were still being worked on after the movie was apparently released. Like changes were being made to the film even after it was delivered to North American audiences. Uh, it's that haunted, it's that haunted tree from the end of, uh, uh, Scarlet Witch, yeah. right? <laughs> it's, uh, it's migrated off the server into, uh, the Sony Spider-Man universe. Yeah. Uh, uh, they gotta get rid of those spooky ghost trees. Some, well, apparently, uh, the, uh, Green Goblin scene, uh, with, where he smashed the mask is different in international versions. So I'm going to be interested to see which one actually makes it on the home release version, uh, as well. Ooh. It's like minor changes, like nothing, like they didn't change anything huge, but it was, it, there were some notes on that. And then, um, apparently, according to the effects artist, without the 3D versions that they're now doing, they can edit these up to even, like, up to two weeks before putting it in theaters. They can still change the film. Um, yeah, I mean, it's not a surprise since things are kind of... Uh, I don't even know if they really are delivered so much on hard drives anymore that are encrypted or if there's even, like, a digital line, it's, right? It's, um... So, like a, from... I talked to a friend of mine who works in the theaters... They're digitally downloaded, but encrypted. Like you can't, mm-hmm. you don't get the unencryption key until like the the, the test screening, like the day the day of. What happens if you're like a movie theater in a small town that has really shitty internet? Like, do you just have to pray to God that the movie downloads in time before your first showing on like Thursday? My my, <laughs> my understanding for that is like uh, when the theaters give you these this this, this provided the equipment, it's like satellite internet for some of them. Um, so it's all on them. So I think they, they, they planned it out ahead of time, something like that. Um, but I agree. I'm like, yeah, hopefully like, you know, your, your small double screen theater can, can handle the download for these. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I'm excited to watch Spider-Man again. I, I'm, I'm excited to revisit this. And, you know, I, like I said, I already ordered my Steelbook, Mike, you know me, um, put that on my shelf, um, from, from Best Buy, where they sell all the steelbooks. That's about the only thing I think holding that company together still, right, is um, <laughs> old people who get the Geek Squad service uh, un- unknowingly and the um, uh, The steelbook steel yeah. collectors. Exactly. Such as myself. I believe I've just knocked out my power strip on my foot. Uh, anyway, moving along. Uh, the movie Blade, we've had heard very, very little about since this re- uh, announcement, right, at Comic-Con 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, but apparently the actor Aaron Pierre, uh, who was in the TV show Krypton, has landed a secretive, highly coveted role in the film. Uh, most highly people, coveted. Most people what assume it's a villain. It, what are the odds it's, it's a vampire? Yeah. Right? I feel like every casting announcement we're going to get out of Blade until the movie comes out, it's like, yeah, they're probably a vampire. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yeah, probably a vampire. The other people was like possibly... Um, maybe like a, like a whistler a role, uh, I think would be the only, other. Oh yeah. I guess you do have to kind of get, have like the tech, the tech, uh, the yeah. guy for blade. Yeah. Uh, which was, I believe in blade three was Patton Oswalt, wasn't it? So, um, 
he he's come a long way. But yeah, uh, was it? Yeah. Was it? Was it? Was it a? Was it a Jeff? Was it like a Bridges or a Daniels? No. That was Whistler, so, so or was it a Whistler, Jeff Daniels type uh, no, what, in the other? <laughs> Chris Christopherson uh, was Whistler in the three films, uh, the, the the previously country singer, but he wasn't a tech guy. He was just a guy who raised Blade and taught him how to fight. Um, wow, and, I thought he was like giving him like fancy shotguns and stuff. I guess no, I don't remember exactly. <laughs> he might have made like anti-vampire weaponry, but like the tech person in the, in the second one was actually um, Norman Reedus. Uh, in, in Blade 2, directed by Guillermo del Toro, because he turned mm. on him, and then um, towards the end of the movie, you come to find he's like one of the tattooed uh, familiars of vampires or whatever. So, um, I, I'm I'm excited to learn more about Blade. Uh, I know we've heard uh, Mahershala Ali's voice uh, in the End of Eternals. Uh, we didn't see him, so do you think they'll bring in um, that the Game of Thrones guy into the movie as well? You think, I, mean, it, you I, I think it's all it's, I think it's all but confirmed yeah. right that we are getting that character yeah I, I don't know I, I wouldn't know if it was going to be something like pre um, pre that moment to tell us how we got there um, but well, like origin I feel I feel like they're almost getting to the point where we're so deep in the MCU like you kind of got to do like a little bit of the past and a little bit of the present right yeah. unless you're like a character that's like brand new created kind of like you know like a Miss Marvel type where like oh you do get to show the origin of present time like if you're like a legacy character like don't take me back in time for the whole movie yeah. I'm fine with going back and forth <laughs> well and I think the thing with Blade is the, the question we have is not who Blade is or how he got there is how are vampires in the MCU, even though you know, us, we're, we're 15 years into it as an audience? How did they get there and, mm-hmm. and, and where have they been the whole time? Um, I think that's what they need to answer, right, by going into the past a little bit. Yeah, the movie, unfortunately, what it's actually going to be about, Chris, is uh, a Blade is going to be uh, dropped over from another multiverse. Mm-hmm. But our, but this one that we know doesn't have any vampires, so he just feels like he's out of work. He's yeah. got nothing to do. So he just hangs out with Kit Harrington, and he just yeah. tells him about vampires. He, he goes, he's just like, he's like I'm my dying na- to kill a vampire, man. My, my <laughs> name is Blade. Let me go talk about all these different swords because mm-hmm. they're also Blades. It's just going to be one of those QVC knife shows, Mm -hmm. right? Like, you know, we always talk about how Marvel movies are adapting like different genres, right? I mean, they haven't done the QVC knife show yet. And I feel like Blade uh, and Kit Harington would be a, would be a Black Knight, right? Would be a good uh, combo to sell a bunch of people. It's a, it's a comedy Uh, about them getting to the QVC show together. Mm, Classic. You've got this mismatched couple, Blade, serious, no nonsense guy. Kit Harrington, he just wants to know why his girlfriend didn't stop Thanos. You know, I, I love I it. It's a road it's a road trip across the country where weirdly enough the entire country just kind of looks like Georgia. Okay. Um, it, but it, but it's set in England. It's it's Georgia's <laughs> So hundred percent. I think they I think they can pull off that flora and fauna, right? And Aaron Pierre has been cast as the producer who's like, Why are you not here? We need you here. Get here, you're fine. No, he's he's the he's the iconic uh, shot in every road trip movie where like a police officer pulls him over like one time, oh, yeah. and then like somebody accidentally took drugs, so they have to like hide it, and that's who he is. He's but, the he's the state patrol officer. The, do you think they'll do like an homage to Tommy Boy where they yell bees and get and, like uh, like vampire, vampire. Yeah. Bad, yeah. Bats. Yeah. Yeah. bats, bats, they're bats. everywhere. Yeah. He's like, sir, I've seen Tommy Boy. Yeah. You have picked too large of an animal. <laughs> I could see bats. <laughs> you're, the, it, this is a, a reference to Batman. There's going to somehow tie it into Batman. So mm, we we uh we really know what we're talking God, about. We need help at this point in the day. All right, shifting gears. Defenders. Uh, it is leaving Netflix. By the time you listen to this, 
will be your last day to watch it on Netflix because on March 1st, it's gone. It's gone. Can't watch any of these Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, um, Defenders, they're, Punisher, all gone off Netflix. And uh, right now, internationally, they will be going to Disney Plus on March 16th. For the U.S., we don't know. Uh, it's crazy that we haven't heard anything yet, right? I mean, theoretically, we should know on Tuesday, right? Yeah, I think, I think they're still weighing their options uh, we've talked about the uh some of these tv ma tv you know a uh, little little higher even um for for some of these uh no t- i'm thinking tv 14 these will be tv ma for some of these shows i don't know they'll put them on disney plus in america uh so it might go to hulu um i mean but- you got the runaways over at hulu right now mm-hmm. um i know cloak and dagger was on freeform I'm, I'm not sure if that is or isn't on Hulu, but other freeform shows are airing on um, Hulu. Yeah. So it, it, it would be like an obvious place to put it. Yeah, I don't think people would be too upset. I think a lot of people have both. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't, but... It's yeah, a so good I'm, way to push that bundle, right? Yeah. If you want 100% of the uh, Marvel streaming content, you got to get the Disney, Hulu, ESPN Plus bundle. Yeah, it's funny because if you go to Just Watch uh, and type in Cloak and Dagger, uh, you can stream it on Hulu, buy it on Apple TV, or get it on the Hulu, Disney Plus, ESPN bundle as well. Like, they literally <laughs> have it right there. They want you to get all of them. So, um, yeah, f- I, it's fine. I, I mean, if they go there, I'm not going to be upset. Um but you know ideally i would like one nice home for everything but i don't think we'll ever get that here like they have like the star in in the other country so bummers oh well moon knight uh coming march 30th on disney plus uh the writers have been revealed for the show um and we're just gonna shift through some of these that we know i did i went ahead and put down the shows for some people i did know uh some i uh Mm -hmm. i don't so um, some of these include writers for from Falcon Winter Soldier, WandaVision, X-Men 97, and others. Uh, so what we have here, Jeremy Slater, who's the showrunner and the head writer, I believe. He is writing episode uh-huh. one and six. Um, you have Michael Castlestein, who wrote uh, Falcon Winter, an episode of Falcon Winter Soldier. is a writer in episode two. Bo DiMeo, X-Men 97, and Peter Cameron, who wrote WandaVision, are on episode three. Peter Cameron is also part of episode four and six, uh, the finale. So... Um, Overall, overall, I think also um, Rebecca Kirsch wrote The Exorcist, the new version. So the, there's a quite a, a, a pretty good list of rotating uh, people in here that Marvel's kind of used over and over again. So um, that's fine. I, I'm not yeah. I'm not off put by any of this. Yeah, um, it's kind of cool to see an X-Men 97 writer, you know, jumping back and forth between animation and live action. So that gives me uh, a lot of hope that, you know, they got somebody pretty talented there, kind of adapting a beloved iconic property like X-Men 97. Yeah, he also, I believe, um, is the writer of The Witcher, Nightmare of the Wolf. In the original Witcher mm. uh, TV show. Gotcha. So he's that's good. That's a lot. A lot of lore heavy into fantasy there, which is kind of what we're expecting from New Moon Knight. Yep. And then he is also. I, I don't think he's a writer on X Men ninety seven. I think he's a producer. He might, of course, he probably be involved in the writing process. But I think he is listed as uh, like maybe the showrunner and producer of that. So um, he he's got his hands in there. Uh, I was gonna say um, top show. I forgot to mention this. You, you know. Um, I'm a Fortnite player, Mike. Um, this mm-hmm. this week they added Gambit and Rogue as uh, skins in the shop for for Fortnite, and I was like, I really thought they'd add these a lot sooner, based on the um, uh, 
What's their what's their aesthetic? Is it the '90s aesthetic of oh, the character design? Oh yeah, it's it's the it's the the sock, you know, gambit. You know, he's got his sock mask on there, with his mm-hmm. cards and stuff. Um, his pink glowing cards, and it's the rogue with the white stripe and the green outfit, green and yellow outfit from the from the. Show. Oh, does she fl- does she fly? To- I don't know if they allow flying in you, Fortnite. Now there's no all. abilities. Uh, her the glider that came with her is the um the Blackbird jet, the X jet. So, oh, okay. um, there, there's some other, there'd been X-Men in the, in the store before, but she's got that and she's got like a, a this is a big, like powered punch emote that, that comes with her when you get her and then Gambit, obviously he, he actually comes down on a big glowing purple card as a glider came with him. Um, <laughs> really, really, uh, kitschy, but it's, it's fun because, you know, I, I thought they'd put him on Valentine's day if I'm going to be completely honest, because like, isn't that like an iconic Marvel couple. Cause they're like lovebirds. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, and they, and they got their, their Southern, you know, new Orleans and Southern bell accents, but, uh, that thought it was pretty cool. They, they put those in there. I, I got to play Fortnite with a uh, friend of show Quentin the other day too. We, we got some victories in there. It was pretty fun. Uh, shifting gears into, well, we're still Marvel, but this is interesting news here that came out back in apparently December. It was rumored that Michael Giacchino, the composer of every big thing we ever love, uh, is actually going to step behind the camera and direct Werewolf by Night. As of this week, that's been corroborated by multiple um, trusted sources. So with this filming beginning in March, uh, and only for a few weeks, they believe that he will still be the director of this this upcoming show. Or, or wow. I guess special. Yeah, I mean, I guess what do you take away from that? I don't have any historical knowledge of kind of composers uh, going into the directing chair, right? I don't know if that happens often. Yeah. You know, who knows? Maybe this person always wanted to be a director, but then, you know, fell into music. And of course, if you're composing for, you know, film or TV, yeah. you're watching it and feeling the tone and the emotion of it. So, yeah, um, yeah this, this could be very interesting. I mean, obviously, uh, you know, uh, Marvel is not somebody that's just going to throw any property just at anybody. So mm-hmm. they have seen some sort of portfolio of directing work and, and like what they see. So we could have something pretty interesting here. Yeah, I, I'm excited. I, now people are like, well, what if it's a musical? I don't think this is going to be a musical. I, I really don't. I think he'll he'll be fine. Um, you know, being a director, he is uh, a winner of an Oscar, an Emmy, and three Grammys. Uh, the only thing he's missing is a Tony, so to get the ego. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, maybe uh, after a Werewolf by Night becomes a success on Disney Plus, they'll adapt it for a stage. Yeah, so <laughs> he can finally get his Tony. Yeah, but he he's known for you know doing scores of lots of, of popular things, and I think if you you've not heard him, go look up some of his stuff. Um, he's also this year doing uh, Jurassic World Dominion, Thor: Love and Thunder as well. So um, very very excited to see what he what he does with this. Um, but other than that, I don't have much else on, on that. Uh, I think it's really cool that, you know, um, either he's got a lot of goodwill or maybe, you know, he's got some, some samples on this stuff, uh, to do this, but you know, if it's just going to be a quick Halloween special, uh, and maybe he'll do the music as well. should be pretty fun. So excited for that. And lastly, uh, great news tomorrow. We get the final trailer for Morbius, Michael Morbius, wow. the living vampire. <laughs> Uh, if I was smarter, I would have moved Blade down here. Uh, because we have Blade, Werewolf by Night, Moon Knight, who is known to be mystical, and Morbius. They're leaning into Supernatural for 2022, Mike. 
Um, yeah, I'm I'm waiting to see if they have any more footage of Michael Keaton that could, they could possibly sneak into this trailer. Uh, <laughs> it's funny. Because like, cause the, the prevailing theory of what that we have, right, is like Michael Keaton is just in it for like a quick scene and he's at the very end and it's just like a little cameo. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> if, if they can produce Michael Keaton in any other setting, uh, I can assume that he's in another part of the movie. So yeah. we'll find out. Yeah, I mean, he's in his little prison jumper and he's... He's with Michael Morbius. Um, they did say Jared Leto was like doing interviews this weekend for it or something. And he was like, oh, yeah, well, I, any chance I, you know, I could get to work with Michael Keaton, I'd love to. I'm like, you're probably like maybe a scene, maybe a day with him. Like, you know, that's that's about all you could probably get. Um, I, I'm just waiting for them to do the the the, the multiverse of uh, Michael Keaton, which is essentially multiplicity. Right. Uh, again. Oh, Keaton verse. Yeah. 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 So I, I'm I'm not excited to watch this movie. Um but you know it'll be out and we'll be done with it and moving along uh, along the way uh, for it. Uh, is there anything in this trailer that could possibly sway you either way? I mean, like, oh, like anything like you feel like God. I need this. The only thing I think we can need is actually like who's the villain, right? You know, we know Morbius is going to be the anti-hero. This is essentially you know a Venom movie again. Um, but like, is it just another? If is it another Morbius? That's gonna be like really stupid, like you know, like another <laughs> vampire person. It, it, it kind of seems like the only thing. I mean, really, the only thing that's gonna make me excited about this movie is if it's a good movie, mm-hmm. right? And then if they have anything else exciting, I would prefer them to keep it off of the trailer, right? So I can be surprised when I go to the theater. But I'm so uninvested yeah. in this uh, in this villain Spider-Man universe because I have not liked any of the Venom movies Dude. and uh, who knows if I'm going to like anything else down the line. So I'll, like, yeah, I'll watch this trailer. I don't care if anything gets spoiled do, do you, anymore. Do you think... What I'm looking for is a confirmation of which uni- Spider-Man universe this is in, right? Like, oh yeah, I think I, I, I was, I think I saw maybe something slightly trending or something on a website that said that this might be in the um, Amazing Spider-Man universe, but I, yeah. I didn't dive well, too deep into that. When, when we talked about Venom Two, you know, I, I like my theory is Venom is set in the Amazing Spider-Man universe. It's just on the West Coast rather than the East Coast, and mm-hmm. you know, kind of small events, and, and it feels darker, feels kind of so. It, he mentions. Can we see Michael Keaton? We see Tobey Maguire Spider-Man on one of the walls. My guess, and he mentions Venom. My guess is like the, the, some of these are just some some red herrings. And if they does do the Venom line, it will be you know kind of confirming it's in the Venom verse. And hopefully, mm-hmm. hopefully, they have maybe Andrew Garfield show up in this movie in the in the post credit scene or something. You know that would be really. Worth the price of admission to see Andrew Garfield come back and into this kind of thing, I think that would we that would make me wor- shall worth it. see. <laughs> um, my I'm I'm excited. If I'm going to be excited, I'm very excited for Honest Trailers to get a hold of this one. Uh, you know, we we I don't know if you've watched any Honest Trailers lately. They 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 did it in Canto recently. Oh yeah, I saw that, that one. one. Was pretty good. I I really enjoyed that one. Um, but I'm very excited to get see them get their get their hands on uh on this this set here now do they also do tv show yeah they do they did hawkeye so i'm also excited to see their um peacemaker version as well of what they can do yeah speaking of a a peacemaker uh james gunn recently put something in my twitter feed because there was a kind of like superhero marvel rumor news mill twitter account that prided itself on all the best like leaks 
uh, from the movies, and they and they had a tweet that said. Uh, uh, we're getting news that uh, Peter Quill will have some music in the next Guardians movie, movie yeah. from the time when he visited Earth. You know, during uh, um, what, would it would it be Endgame? Yeah, he, or would it be? Um, he was on Earth. Uh, he was on Earth in Infinity War. He was only on Titan. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah. So, uh, and then James Gunn like just retweets it and quote tweets it and said, "No, he doesn't." Yeah. <laughs> so, it's always hilarious to see like the source just kind of like pop up and just like throw SmackDown like on a rumor or something like that. Oh, yeah. You know, so uh, but yeah, it, always enjoyable. And he is officially engaged to Jennifer Holland after we literally talked about the last episode last week. Uh, that was like the first news article I saw on Monday. It's like they officially are engaged. So that's good, good for He's them. He's like, hey, honey, I promise if we remain fresh on yeah. Rotten Tomatoes till the last episode, we can get married. If we can get a season two of Peacemaker, <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll tie the knot here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I saw, I saw that thing when you're talking about James Gunn. Like he, he's always out there. Like he, 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 I don't know if he's not swinging a low hanging fruit, but he's always putting something out there just to make the news. Like, I feel like he's like, uh-huh. he could say anything. Uh, and they'd be like, yeah, make the news. But I, I'm excited to see more of, kind of what he's doing and um the the holiday special coming out later this this year um i think that's it for the show mike i think that's it next week we've got two episodes our regularly scheduled news program and our batman review uh so come back for that that'll be our first uh review episode of the year right um Mm -hmm. so very excited to get into that uh let's go ahead and jump into this mike if you want to know what you're doing what you're up to how badly elden ring is beating your ass uh where can they find you at <laughs> well i haven't died too many times yet but you can find me at mike royer design on instagram twitter and tiktok and you can read my web comics at pickledcomics.com. chris if people want to catch up with you where can they find you, you can find me on twitter valdan v-a-l-d-a-n or instagram valdan 87 uh people know about the show get ready for that batman review where can they find all that good information at Oh, it's so, so, so easy. Just visit SuperheroSlate.com. That is the that is the avenue to get to the headquarters around the boulevard of the cul-de-sac of Superhero Slate. So that's SuperheroSlate.com. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, wherever else you love to listen to fine podcasts. You can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. And you can get merch at SuperheroSlate.com slash store. We love hearing from you. We love it when you reach out. Are you excited for Batman? Are you taking a trepidatious significant other to the 18th Batman film in their life? Uh, Let us know how they feel after that on Thursday or Friday or the weekend. And we love our super fans. So if you want to be a super fan of the show, all you got to do is share the show with a friend, share the show with a buddy, and we will be here every single week, folks. That's right, including next week, and we'll see you then. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe.